You're listening to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Let me help you to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond with a mix of real life stories and experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing psychology insights to help you to cultivate a fearless mindset. Be inspired and be empowered with Fear Free Childbirth. And now it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. My name is Alexia Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now on today's show, I'm going to be talking all about the number one fear that affects everybody. Well, maybe not everybody, and it might not be the number one fear, but it definitely appears in a top three list if you just Google list of most common fears. And it often does actually feature number one, which is quite surprising. And that is the fear of vomit or the fear of being sick. So today could be quite a sickening episode for many of you if this is one of your fears. Now, before I dive into that, though, I do have a couple of updates I want to share with you. For those of you that wish to join the next opening of my Tocophobia clearance group, then I have now opened the waitlist. So um, if this is something that you want to tackle in your life and you want to prepare for pregnancy or you're thinking about starting a family, but right now you're just too scared, then this could be just the group for you. This is a five week program where we dive into really kickstarting that fear clearance journey for you so that you can start making some headway and getting some wins in terms of feeling better, making a shift in terms of how you're feeling. During this five-week programme, we get together every week to unpack the fears and conflicts that you're wrestling with that are contributing to your tocophobia, but also to clear some fears together. And then there is a Facebook group to support you on your fear clearance journey so you can get all the help, support and guidance you need to help you to shift your tocophobia for good. Now, some of the reasons that people join this group are, well, one, you want to get rid of your fear. So you can you can think about planning for a family or wanting, you know, you maybe you want to get pregnant and right now it just feels too terrifying for you. But also maybe you you're even before that stage and you're you want to be able to make a decision as to whether or not you want children. And at the moment you're not able to make that decision. This is something that a lot of women face with where they're just so scared that they don't know whether the reason they're saying no to kids is because of their fear of birth and pregnancy or because they simply don't want kids. And that can be a very difficult decision to make when you are overrun with fear. So to be able to get rid of the fear so that you can make a decision that you can trust in your gut, in your heart, and a decision that you can live with without regret, that could be a reason that you might want to join a group like this one. We had a lady like this, and that was her reason for joining the group this time round. And she was able to, in the last call that we had, she was able to say, oh my goodness, I had an experience where I saw another baby across the room, a new baby with their mum. And I just noticed myself feeling that, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that's not me. And that feeling was very neutral, didn't come with any emotion, didn't come with any anxiety or fear. It was just a very clean, simple, peaceful thought that came to her. And she said that never, ever come to her like that before. It would always fraught with anxiety and fear. So those are, that's just some of the reasons that you might want to join a group like the Tocophobia Fear Clearance Group. And if you do, then just pop along to the fearfreechildbirth.com website where you will find the Tocophobia Clearance Group page. Just head to the Tocophobia menu and you'll find it there. And then you can join the waitlist and there'll be another group opening later on this year. There's only limited spots on this group because we dive into a lot of 
detail and everyone gets a chance to share where they're at during these group calls. And if there are too many people on the call, then those calls are just going to go on forever. So there are limited spots on this program. Okay, so back to today's show, which is all about the fear of vomit and metaphobia. Are you ready? Get your buckets at the ready. Here we go. So for you stomach sensitive souls, are you going to be able to take this? Because I want to dive into this topic that might leave you feeling a little bit queasy. Emetophobia is the name, the proper name for the fear of vomit or the fear of being sick. So you might want to grab a bucket for this episode as we dive into the ins and outs of the fear of being sick. Now, I know it sounds like I'm joking or not taking this seriously, but this is a very serious phobia. And in fact, in some lists of phobias, in terms of what are the most common or the most prevalent phobias, emetophobia often appears in the top three. And this is surprising. I know that when I found out about this, I was amazed that a fear of being sick or a fear of vomit was so prominent and so common. Now, this can be hugely challenging for many people, but it's particularly difficult for those who are maybe contemplating pregnancy, because of course, we've all heard of morning sickness. So imagine what the thought of pregnancy will be like when also you're wrestling with this fear of being sick. And this can become even worse when there are those people that also suffer from tocophobia, the fear of pregnancy or giving birth, because not only are they facing the fear of being pregnant, you know, what being pregnant, the whole experience, but also they've got a fear of vomit going on on top. So, you know, when you start compounding these fears and phobias together, life can get very, very overwhelming and difficult for some. So let's rewind, let's go back to the beginning and let's just get clear on what is the fear of vomit. What is emetophobia? It's not just somebody that doesn't like throwing up. I, I dare say many of us are that we don't like throwing up. Who does, right? Who likes experiencing that vomit coming through your, your throat and the, the aftertaste? Nobody likes that. But really, the fear of vomit takes this much, much further. It really is a deep-seated fear that can elicit anxiety and panic just at the thought of being sick or around others who might. And so, you know, this means, as I've already mentioned, that this fear can really extend to situations where illness is a possibility or there is the possibility of being sick, as I've mentioned, pregnancy already. So this, you know, nobody wants to be ill. Nobody wants to be unwell or be sick in terms of having an illness. But when there's a possibility of vomiting taking place, then this really does accelerate the panic and the anxiety that people might be feeling around that. So, where does it come from? How does one develop emetophobia? Well, the roots of it can often be traced back to a personal experience that you've had around vomiting or people vomiting. It's not always your own personal experience of it. And often, you know, you might think, well, I've not really had a trauma around that. But remember, a trauma isn't always this, this hugely scary event that takes place. It, it can often be, you know, just an unpleasant experience, but you just can't shake it. You always remember it. And so th- th- what usually happens with these situations is you have an emotional trace that is stuck within your system 
So you might always be able to remember that time that you were sick and then so-and-so was watching and it was at school, it was really embarrassing or whatever was going on. And that's a memory that you, you will never forget. So that is likely to be a trauma for you if it's one of these experiences that you can always recall in technicolor glory and you can remember all the details and it's a story that maybe you like to tell that it's because it is so clear in your mind and it's so marked in your experience that maybe it's not a, a dinner party story, but it's certainly one that you're able to recall easily because the details are so clear, because the emotional intensity has meant that you're still carrying the memories very clearly within you. So some of these memories could be maybe when you were a child and you had a really bad stomach bug or you were present and witnessing somebody else who was really, really ill. So I know people, for example, who when they were kids, their parents were very, very ill and were always being sick for whatever reason. And so just seeing a mother or a father being ill like that could be enough to create this fear within you. And particularly when it comes to witnessing your mother or your father being ill, then that's going to be tied in to some other aspects that are going to that are really going to make that a more anxious situation for you because these are your caregivers. And so if you're seeing them in distress, you're seeing them being ill like that, then as a child, there's going to be a part of you that's going to be worrying about your own safety and who's going to look after you. So this is really going to make that situation a lot more likely to be a traumatic one for you. Now, I just want to share how I came to have my own fear of vomit. And I didn't realise that I had this fear until my aunt highlighted it to me. And so it's not always something that you will pick up in childhood because this was something that I picked up as a result of being a mother. And so it was my children being sick that created that trauma within me. So for me, this came about when I was on a car journey. So my other half at the time, he was working away and it was when my youngest was around nine months old. And so there was one weekend in January, we went to visit him and it was a really long drive. Well, it was for me, it was like a four hour drive and it was January weather, which in the UK was lashing rain, really bad rain. And obviously early, you know, early nights as well. So it was getting dark at around four o'clock and I was hitting what is known as the uh, road to hell in the UK, which is the M25. It's the periphery road that goes all around London and it's always really caught it's got always roadworks and it's always got really bad traffic on and I was hitting it on a Friday evening so the worst time ever to hit the M25 was when I was hitting it and it was really bad rain and there were roadworks so I was driving through a part of the M25 where I had a speed limit imposed of 50 miles an hour and I was just stuck bumper to bumper nowhere to go just had to just work you know just sit tight and go through this roadwork section, which we seem to be going on for miles and miles. And in the middle of all that, my baby, my nine month old, started to be sick. Now, one of the things that she did at the time was soon after a feed, she would sometimes bring up her feed. And so, you know, I hit the roadworks just as she was now bringing up her feed. But I was stuck in the front seat as a driver on my own. And she was in the back in her car seat. And so her being sick in the back where I couldn't come and help her, I couldn't support her, I couldn't wipe her clean. She was just, I was sitting in the front and all I could hear, because I couldn't look around all the time because I had to keep an eye on the road, 
all I could hear was, you know, my baby being sick in the back. And, and, and my head, it was like, oh, my God, she's choking. Oh, my God, this is a nightmare. She's, she's vomiting. It's going all over the car seats. It's going on the back of the passenger seat and the front. It's, you know, and I had fabric car seats. So I was just imagining just a nightmare unfolding in the back of the car. But worse is that I, you know, what if she was choking? I couldn't do anything about it. What was I going to do? Stop the car in the middle of a motorway in the rain and the dark? putting us both in danger. So I was trapped in that situation and I couldn't do anything about it. I just had to kind of take it. And when there's a, a situation where you feel trapped or you have no control, this is really something that can really embed a trauma because it's this feeling that you can't change your situation, you can't get out of it, that that really helps to embed a trauma. So, so my situation had trauma written all over it, really looking back. And so I was stuck in the car and I had to sit there and then the whole car stank of vomit and I had to wait until I reached a moment where I could actually get off the motorway and deal with the situation. So so for about half an hour or so, I was stuck with this situation. I mean, obviously she was okay and everything was fine, but this was an event that this was the beginning of my own fear of vomit. But again, I didn't realise that I had this fear on the back of that experience. But it did teach me that every car journey we had after that, I would be super, super stressed. And so any journey longer than half an hour, which was usually the lag between feeding and her bringing it up, I'd get really, really stressed about it. And then baby number two came along and it continued because I just think, oh, my God, I've got two to deal with. Because I remember when I was a kid, I would always be sick in the car on long journeys. And that happened up until I was maybe seven or eight. I don't know. And so I was just imagining that, you know, for the next eight years of my life, every car journey, we couldn't go more than an hour away from home because of, you know, I was going to have to starve the children before getting in the car so that they couldn't be sick. You know, these ridiculous situations to help me not have to confront vomit. And if we did have a long journey, then we'd have to stop all the time, like every hour or so, just to, and then again, in my head, it's like, well, give them some fresh air, make sure they kind of, you know, in my head, I think I was resetting the timer. You know, if we stop the car now, then we've got another half hour before they're likely to be sick. And I don't know where this logic came from, because it's just ridiculous, right? It's, but this, this is what phobias look like. We do things that, that to other people just look completely ridiculous. And you look a little bit crazy because you're going to all these lengths to avoid a situation, to try and manage a situation, try and control a situation that may be not controllable. And, and it's almost a little bit obsessive, really. My situation with my uh, kids came to a little bit of a head once when I was going on holiday with, my, with both the kids and my French aunt who'd come over from France and we were driving from Birmingham in the UK to West Wales. So for those of you that aren't from the UK, that's quite a long drive in UK terms, because obviously in the UK, we're not used to big long drives because the island is quite small, especially compared to the US, right? So this drive in the UK is probably like a five, six hour drive. But this turn, this for us on this occasion turned into a seven plus hour drive because I had to stop all the time just so the kids could have their fresh air and not be sick. So um, I was entirely responsible for this drive being really, really long and not that great. And so when it came to the return journey, my aunt, who is actually a very wise lady, she said to me that all of this vomiting was the kids responding to my fear of them vomiting. And I was like, are you crazy? Like, what have I got to do with this? I'm just trying to manage this situation. This is just something that, 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 that you know, the universe has given me. It's not my fault. How can it be my fault? And she was quite 
quite stern with me about it and said, no, this is your stuff. You are creating the anxiety. You are creating this and they're responding to you. I'm not getting in that car until you heal this because, because this is ridiculous. <laughs> so it took me a while to just sit with that and go, hmm, okay, thanks for that. I'll, let me just think about that. And I thought, well, what's, what, what have I got to lose? It'll take me, what, 10, 15 minutes to clear this using head trash clearance. So, so I might as well, if it works, then if it is me and it works, then, then brilliant. Then what, why would I not want to do this? So, uh, so that's what I did. I, I relented eventually and um, took on her recommendation and I found a quiet spot and I used head trash clearance to clear my fear of vomit and my fear of my kids being sick in the car. So this took me about 20 minutes and what happened as a result of that was quite mind-boggling really. We then set off on our seven-hour drive home and this, this journey was like no other journey I'd done with my kids. For a start, both of them just fell asleep immediately as we left the, where we were leaving. And then they did not wake up at all throughout the whole journey. And so the journey as it transpired wasn't a seven plus hour journey. It was more like a five, like four to five hour journey. But we were so like, oh my God, they're sleeping. They're sleeping. Let's not stop the car. We can't stop the car because they'll wake up. So we better just, just let's just keep going. And we ended up doing the whole journey without stopping. Both of us were so desperate for a pee by the time we got there, desperate for a drink, desperate, you know, for food, for lunch, anything. We just, we were just, you know, ready to stop the car, but they slept the whole way. And I never, ever experienced that. I mean, for two kids to be doing that for over five hours, it was just completely unheard of. And since then, they hadn't been, they've not really been sick in the car. Um, so this, you know, I, I, she told me, didn't she, my aunt, she told me that was absolutely my fear of vomit. And when I think back to that experience I had on the M25, it absolutely was a trauma. And that was the root trauma of my own fear of vomit. And, and of course, my fear wasn't about me being sick. That's, I think, where the confusion in my own head would have come from. It was around other people being sick. So I never really, you know, if somebody had said to me, have you got a fear of vomit? I would have gone, no, 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 of course not. I'm fine if I have to be sick. It's not a problem but I wasn't fine if my kids had to be sick. So you see, if you do have a fear of vomit or a fear of being sick, this doesn't have to be something that you have to keep with you all the time. It is something you can get rid of. Now, of course, we're all different. So let me just share with you some of the other things that you can do to help you to conquer this fear of emetophobia. I hope I'm saying it right. Now, I think the first thing that is useful to do is really to just become knowledgeable about it, you know, understand what's going on. Maybe take some time to understand the science behind some of the stomach-related escapades that are going on, because the more you understand something, the less intimidating they become. You know, again, if, you've, if you're pregnant and you're facing morning sickness, then understand the physiological reasons behind morning sickness, because once you understand you can then, you know, particularly in the context of pregnancy, sometimes it is part of a healthy pregnancy. And when you understand how morning sickness can feature as part of a healthy pregnancy, you might be able to reframe that fear for yourself. Now, I have done a podcast of, for those that are suffering from morning sickness. I did a podcast 
on my Fear Free Childbirth podcast, sharing what some of the reasons could be why there's morning sickness occurring. And so I'll be putting a link in the show notes for this episode so you can go and dig in to that other episode I did because the advice that I shared or my guest, my guest Sharan shared during that episode around how you can conquer morning sickness and therefore not vomit, not be sick during your pregnancy. After that podcast episode, I had lots of emails from women saying, oh, I did that, I tried that and it totally worked. So I will be putting a link in the show notes for this episode. Now, the other thing that I think is also worth considering is getting help, getting professional help. So, you know, speak to a health professional who can help you with anxiety disorders and help you to find ways of managing the phobia or indeed getting rid of it. I'm more about getting rid of stuff. I'm not really interested in managing a phobia when for me, it's so easy to get rid of a phobia. So, but I do realise that some people prefer to manage anxieties and phobias are not ready necessarily to eliminate anxiety and phobia. So if managing your phobia, managing your anxiety is more down your street, then absolutely seek the help of a mental health professional that can do that for you, help you, you know, give you some tailored strategies around managing the phobia. Apparently CBT can help, exposure therapy can help, you know, to reduce the intensity of the fear. And of course, if you do want to find somebody that works with head trash clearance, myself included, and those that I train, then, um, or indeed fearless birthing, if you want to work with somebody on your pregnancy journey and getting rid of your birth fears, then you can eliminate that phobia with head trash clearance. The other thing I'll say if you're pregnant is just to make sure that those people around you, your support team, know about your fear. So they can support you if anything happens and that there's vomiting going on, they, they're prepared and they can help to shield you from it or whatever is going on, they can be there for you. If people know what you're experiencing, they can much better support you. Now you can also look at self-care. You know, you look at mindfulness techniques or any other practices that you can help that maybe you use as part of managing your own anxiety. Maybe you can use some of those things to help you to manage your emetophobia as well. Now, the other thing which I think is really worth doing, which might not be for everyone, but it's it's about laughing at your fear. Because if we can bring humour to our mental health challenges, to our emotional health challenges, that can really help us to heal and reframe the what we're feeling in a way that maybe feels less threatening, less negative. So perhaps humour could be a really good one for you. You, may, you could maybe embrace the absurdity of this fear and give your fear a ridiculous name like Sir Gagalot, for example, and then imagine it in a clown costume and suddenly your fear is a lot harder to take seriously and you've already started that process of cutting those emotional cords to this fear that you're holding on to and it becomes much more easy to release it. And of course, the final thing you can do is just clear this fear yourself, just as I did. So I use head trash clearance to clear this fear and I share how you can use this in both of my books, Clear Your Head Trash and Fearless Birthing. And so you, you, everything, all the instructions are in the book. You just take what I've shared and you, you, you decide what it is that you want to clear. So what do I mean when I say you have to decide what it is that you want to clear? Well, it's really about the language because we need to be using the language that resonates for you when you're clearing uh, when you're clearing a fear like this. So when you think about this, do you use the word vomit or do you use the word being sick or do you use them interchangeably? 
so this is that you need to get clear on this. Or is there another word that you use? I know in the UK, um, I grew up and there was a word that we used all the time called chundering. So chundering, it might be that you think about vomiting as chundering, in which case you use that, use vomit, use being sick, you know, use chucking up. I don't know, whatever you want to use is the right, it's got to be the language that you use in your head that is part of your own lexicon. So decide what that is and maybe do a mishmash of all of those terms because maybe you use a lot of those terms. So just, just use a mishmash of them. And then just make sure that you that's what you insert into the head trash clearance mantras. So it could be that you have one clearance. It's all about the, the act of being sick or vomiting or chundering or chucking up or whatever is whatever that is for you. But then there could be some other clearances that you might want to consider. Because it could be that while you're vomiting, while you're being sick, what you don't like about that situation, maybe it's the taste and the smell. Maybe it's how you look. Maybe you think you look like a real idiot vomiting at the side of the road or whatever's going on in your hair and looking all red and tearful. and da -da -da. you know. So maybe it's about how you look. Maybe it's because you don't like the loss of control that's going on around that, that experience and how you don't know when it's going to stop. And, and so why are you doing this? What's going on? You know, I don't have the answers. So it's this this not being in control could also be a good clearance to do as well. Maybe you don't like the idea that you're being humiliated or hum you're humiliating yourself or making yourself look silly. So again, humiliation or looking silly or whatever, you know, whatever that thing is that you're worried about, those would be also very useful to consider in terms of clearances. And so if you're not sure, a good question to ask yourself is this. What is it about being sick that I hate? Or what is it about being sick that makes me uncomfortable? And the answer to that question is probably the clearance that you need to do. So just think about that as much as you can. Obviously, when you have a fear of something, it can be hard to think about something. But if you start off with the fear of being sick, clearance, and then ask that question of yourself and see what comes up. And if all of that sounds like way too much effort, then I have got you covered because I have created a fear clearance track for this phobia. So if you want to head over to the shop where you can find the fear clearance track for a fear of being sick or a fear of vomiting, and then all you have to do is just listen to me doing all of that stuff, and then you just clear it by listening. So much easier all around. So I just want to wrap up here around this phobia, this fear. If you have got this fear, then, then look at it as a gift. This is an opportunity for you to heal something within yourself. This is an opportunity for you to let go of this fear. You know, even though it might be a formidable opponent, it's not entirely invincible. You can get rid of it with a little bit of knowledge, maybe some therapy or some professional support, a little bit of humour, maybe some exposure therapy, maybe doing a clearance, but you can wrestle back control over this fear for yourself so that you are not the one that's being controlled by it. Because with the right tools and the right support, you can absolutely embrace life and not be, you know, shied into a corner by a fear of vomit or a fear of being sick. Well, I hope that was an insightful episode for you and that you now have hope if maybe a metaphobia or a fear of vomit is something that you struggle with. And if you decide to give the Fear Clearance Track a go, I'd love to hear how you get on. Okay, until next time, bye for now. You've been listening to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Fear Free Childbirth is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond. 
with fear clearance meditations, self-healing products and courses, professional training and specialist programs for overcoming tocophobia. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then check out the fear-free childbirth mama ship. It's a bit like Netflix, where you can binge on a boatload more fear-free childbirth content to inspire you on the journey to motherhood and beyond. More interviews, more birth stories, more expert wisdom. Visit fearfreechildbirth.com to find out more.